what God has done for you and you reach outside there, you may get to nowhere. But when you have understood the place of your preparation, when you get there, even when you have not so much link to the chapel, even when you, you may not be able to attend fellowship or maybe service every day, because outside, there are greater responsibilities out there. Look at the place whereby you know you're working almost every day. Some of you may even be working Monday to Sunday. There's no place of you know you can maybe separate yourself to go and worship and pray. It is not there. You have children, you have many other responsibilities. Family, you're caring for this one and this. You become a father and mother of this one and this. You have to do this and that. But in such places, if you do not remember how far God has brought you, you may become weak and weaker. You may become, you know, frustrated by the things of this world. You may become frustrated by the pains of this world. But while you are in that place, if you've been walking diligently with God, if you've been, you know, acknowledging everything that God does for you, when you reach in the time of adversary, you will just remember that the God that helped me to pass through this shall help me through this. That the God that was able to do for me the other things shall help me to do this. That's why he has made us, you know, he can always do it again. That's why he has made us, you know, co-workers with him. Co-workmanship people with him. What am I trying to say in this? In as much as he has made us participants in his things. Because the business that we do is his, but he wants us to also participate in believing on him. Because the only role that you have in participating in the dealings of the Spirit is your faith in God, is your belief in God. Now, when you exercise yourself in some of these things of believing in God, that is where you see, that's why that's how you deal with the hardness of the heart concerning unbelief. Because unbelief cannot go with when your conscience is still, you know, is still part to not believing. But when you, you know, yield your consciousness to believing, that's why when men are coming to Christ Jesus, they are told to confess. Why do you think they have to confess? Why do you think they have to confess? So, they confess that, you know, their conscience may be aligned to that which is of Christ. From that place, they attain the faith. They attain the faith. As you keep on repeating, like Mary, she pondered upon what God had told her through the angel. She pondered upon it. She kept reminding herself. She kept reminding herself of what God had told her. And these things became a reality in her. You know, get on the promises of God and believe on them. Don't take them for granted that they just happen like that. It is not a mistake for even your classmates to just ask you for a small prayer like this. There is something that they have seen in you that, you know, you, you, are, you are worth praying for them a blessing. Even just entrusting you to keep something. It is not by mistake. There is something they have seen in you that you can keep that self, that they have trusted you with that thing. Even that is not small. Let me tell you something concerning this land. God is so, you know, intentional concerning this land. 
the fact that we are going to host East African Games is not something small. There are other universities that would have hosted it in Uganda. Other playgrounds. But why is it that they have the date was chosen? Why is it that specifically the date was chosen? It is not by mistake. There's something. You see, that's when you get to understand that God is intentional over, over something. He's intentional over your life. Let me tell you something. If there is anything that bothers God in, in his whole life, it is his people. It is his people. But sometimes it frustrates him when we do not acknowledge everything that he does for us. It frustrates him when we fail to understand what he does for us. When we check in uh, in Psalms 103, God did not create us to forget his things. When we choose not not acknowledge, you see sometimes we take things for granted. When God speaks something upon your life, he's aligning you. When he was, when he was calling you an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, a minister of God, he was not just saying it just for just that you know the whole world may know it. No. Besides that, he was aligning your conscience the reality that you know you are that thing that I have predestined for you. He keeps watching over. He does not want that thing that he put in you to, you know, to be frustrated. He doesn't want that grace that he placed in you just to be there for nothing. He's awakening you to your responsibility. He's awakening you to a place of, you know, understanding his mind concerning your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he starts listing some of the benefits. He says in verse 3, Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Glory to God. He's listing some of them. The fact that you are even saved, it is not something small. Many are still in bondage and slavery of not believing who Jesus is. And some of you have reached out to the lost to know some of these things. You find someone not, uh, not failing to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. They do not even uh, want to listen to you, even when you're having the truth within you. It is a privilege to be born of God. It is a privilege, because not all have, have that privilege as for now. Even when you're passing through salvation, and you at least forget all, at least remember that He died for your sins. At least remember that he died for your sins. At least remember that and hold on to that. 
You have become his child. You are his children. And you are his. Nothing can change that. It doesn't matter how much you may seem indifferent to it. You are his children. And within him, he knows it that you are his children. Because he has paid the biggest price for us. The biggest price for us. The Bible says that uh, in Peter, he talks of the, the blood of Jesus that cannot compare to anyone. Not even silver, because silver can perish. Not even to other bloods of other covenants. Because these other bloods of other covenants can go away. But the blood of Jesus will stay forever and ever. It's for life everlasting. Life everlasting, I mean, it's forever. You no longer now need to go and, you know, sacrifice sheep bulls and goats and all those papers. You do not need those things to be made right with God. You do not need those things to, to be to have peace before God. They were having peace offerings. They were having, you know, all those offerings, but they were not perfect enough. They were not perfect enough. But we have received of this sure testimony, of this blood, of the new covenant. Let me tell you something. If you just understand the primary basis of the love of God concerning the testimony of Jesus Christ, your heart will never be hardened concerning that truth. Because you will just know if he could not spare his son for me, what will he fail to give you? You will just know it in your heart. That if he could not, you know, fail, if he did not relent from sending me his son, if he did not relent from making that, you know, that covenant with Abraham. Because the Bible says it is scripture that first foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles. And it spoke to Abraham in Adamus. So the word of God saw that we justified and made the covenant initially with Adam, with Abraham. Because these scriptures were already there in God before the foundations of the earth. Because if Jesus was the word and he was there in the beginning, it means God had already written what would happen in the generations far, far even before. He already knew what was to happen and the pattern of things in which they had to be done. So whatever was coming after was just a fulfillment of what was in him, within him, within his meditation. Let me tell you something, brethren. There's a depth in God that you know we cannot go away with. But just, you know, keep yearning for more. Because it is the place where our hearts will be free from being hardened. Let's keep up believing him for great and mighty things. Let's continue to believe him for his great glory upon this church, for his great glory for us, his children, that he promised us. He said greater things than this shall happen. Greater things than this. Hallelujah. Let me hope someone has gotten something from this. Let's always learn to acknowledge the things of God. Let's always learn to acknowledge what God does through us. And let's be of courage and be of strength that he is with us. And he that started 
the good work in us. We'll see to it that it gets accomplished to the day of Christ. Always have that in mind. That even when you see yourself you are insufficient in some way, just have it within you that he will see that whatever he placed in you comes to accomplish. Be of good courage and strength. God is with you. Thank you, brethren. Let us have a short prayer. Father, just say, Lord, I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your work that you have given unto me, to your children. Thank you, Spirit of God. I give you praise, beloved Jesus. And I pray, Spirit of God, that their hearts may be, will continue to be open to believe on you, to trust in you, that they may continue to be faithful in you for your name's sake, that they may believe in even for greater things that the world has never seen. Spirit of God, quicken these people to believe in you for things the world has never thought about. Those things that are deep within you, Spirit of God, you will bless it upon their hearts. Those roads that people have never thought of, they are the engineers that will build them. In the mighty name of Jesus, the doctors, the theories they have never thought about, they will think about them. For your name's sake, your ministers will do great and mighty exploits. They will build great exploits in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 